say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Welcome to episode 154 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. So we talk a lot about intuitive eating on the Love Food Podcast. If you're new to intuitive eating, it's a concept and a book that was written by two dietitians first in the mid-90s and has over 100 studies that show that it helps promote health and healing, that we can live without dieting and still promote health at the same time. I know there are many listeners, and I wonder if you're one of them, that have been really trying hard to move away from diets. Maybe you read Intuitive Eating or something like it. And as we are learning how to start eating when we're hungry and stop eating when we're full, I know that I've talked to so many people who connect with the hunger part pretty easily, but then it's the stopping. Maybe a person's feeling satisfied and they're feeling full, but it's so hard to like actually stop. There's still this pull to rebel and to keep on eating, even if it hurts. Can you relate to that? I have a letter from someone who is in that place feeling stuck stuck, but they they know about hunger and fullness cues and they've read intuitive eating and done so much work, but yet just has a hard time stopping. And, you know, they feel physically kind of crummy afterwards. This person also brings up some really important struggles that I have a feeling that you can relate to as well. So many people who do intuitive eating work really try to find a way to not pursue weight loss anymore. It's something that I really encourage you and anyone that's trying to move away from dieting to really stop doing or at least put on the back burner. That desire to lose weight and pursuing weight loss is something that really messes with our relationship with food and our health. But what do you do if you still want to lose weight? Even if you try to ignore it and try to pretend like it's not there, why can't it just be like a switch? We can just switch it off. And this is something that this letter writer is really feeling bad about. They just don't want to pursue this kind of desire anymore. They want to not think about it. What do you do? I can't wait to dive in and share some thoughts with you. And I hope they help. I hope they help your food peace journey to be, I don't know, just feel a little more firmer under your feet as you're walking this journey. But before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace courses. If you don't know what PCOS is, what well, it's polycystic ovarian syndrome. It's a condition that affects a whole lot of people. And people who have PCOS, they know, they've been told they have to diet no matter what to manage their condition for the rest of their life. Well, I know diets don't work for most people. I have a feeling you do too. So then what are you supposed to do if you have this condition? Well, I really took it upon myself many years ago to find another way. 
and I studied under people who are willing to help treat PCOS without a weight focus. And I came up with a 12-step system that I want to share with you. I used to only share it with clients that I worked with individually, but I put it into a course. You can get to all the details at PCOSandfoodpeace.com. If you're a dietitian that wants to help people with PCOS to move away from diets and promote health, I have a course for you that includes 20 continuing education units. You can get to all the details for your course at PCOSandfoodpeace.com slash dietitians. I want to share the work going on within decolonizing fitness. The person behind it, Ilya Parker, is a trans person of color physical therapy assistant and medical exercise coach with over 13 years of rehabilitative and functional training experience. He's a social justice advocate and educator whose work centers gender, racial, and healing justice. He decided to merge his love for restorative-based movement practices and community advocacy to create Decolonizing Fitness, LLC, which is a social justice platform that provides affirming fitness services community education, and apparel in support of body diversity. Check it out at decolonizingfitness.com. You can also get to a link to it in the show notes. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Dear Food. I've been struggling with you for almost my entire life. When I was little, I remember watching my dad go on a diet after diet and rigidly refusing to go up a pant size. It looked so miserable, but I also wanted to be like him. I also knew from what my parents told me that I was getting fat. So when I was eight, I went on my first diet and began counting calories. Later, around age 15, I began to reject dieting and wanted to relax and eat what I wanted. This made my parents uncomfortable, and eventually they began to mandate that I diet and exercise. I began to sneak you up to my bedroom and eat you in the middle of the night. I was riddled with shame, guilt, and self-hatred. Even when I was outside of my parents' control, I carried their voices of judgment with me and continued dieting throughout most of my adult life. Now I'm 31, and I've tried so hard to redefine my relationship with you and my body. I've seen a counselor and nutritionist who come from an intuitive eating approach. I was fortunate enough to be part of a 10-week intuitive eating group, and I loved it. But a job change caused me to move away from those resources, and now I feel stuck. I'm heavier than I've ever been in my entire life, and I'm so ashamed of my body. I don't even recognize myself when I look in the mirror. 
While the dream of being smaller is still tempting, the thought of dieting repulses me. I know dieting isn't the answer, but I can't seem to get the hang of intuitive eating. I feel like I'm making zero progress on my journey to food peace. Often, I still feel like that rebellious teenager who would overeat, whether it made me feel good or not, just to spite her parents. I still want to lose weight, but I know that intuitive eating isn't supposed to be about that. How do I stop the incessant desire to be smaller when it's been a part of my life for so long? I'm also feeling scared because sometimes listening to my body and choosing to stop eating when I'm full or satisfied or not eat something because my inner wisdom is telling me that I don't truly want it reminds me of the rules and restrictions I lived under for so long. Intellectually, I know that responding to my body and inner wisdom is different than dieting, but emotionally, they sometimes feel the same. Eventually, I end up still engaging in rebellious eating, even though I'm not sure what or who I'm rebelling against. Then I feel like I've fallen off track and give up and shame takes over. I know this is a diet mentality, but I can't seem to shake it. I'm not sure how to interrupt this cycle and stop thinking of intuitive eating through the dieting lens. I want to move forward in my food and body peace journey, but I'm not sure how to get past this hurdle. I just want to find peace with you and my body, but I'm not sure what the next step should be. Love stuck in the cycle. Hey there, letter writer. Thank you so much for your note. Your story, wow, you've been through so much with food and how to experience your body. I just want to send you a lot of compassion and also know that I know your story is unique to you, but there's so many things that you were saying that there's someone listening right now who can totally relate. I say that because I've sat next to many people in a very similar spot. So I can't wait to go through with you some things that have come up that have helped other people to continue on their journey in a way that feels right for them. And um, yeah, I hope it helps. But before we get to that, the things that I hear you asking is, what do I do next? That you're feeling stuck, that you want to interrupt this kind of diet cycle that intuitive eating has been turned into, and you don't want to keep hoping to get smaller. You want to like move past that desire to, to lose weight. Knowing all this, I think it's really important to bring back what you mentioned in the very, very first part of your note. You mentioned that you went on your first diet when you were eight. I think that's really significant. Eight years old, around seven, eight, nine, and sometimes maybe even the age of 10, but usually by then, this has always already happened. Around the age of eight, that's when we really start to appreciate that we have a body. That's when our body image is developing. And we notice our body feels strong or weak, hungry or full. It's when we realize that we have this thing that we're not the sun and everyone revolving around us. Rather, we're a bigger part of this earth and we have this earth suit that is just ours. And it really is shitty that when you're starting to put this all together, that you're getting this information that your body is not acceptable. 
your parents taught you through their own modeling and through their own judgment and their behaviors that weight suppression and denying the body's needs was the way to gain acceptance. That's a really harsh foundation for someone's body image and self-concept. After body image, that's when a lot of of, uh, the identity development starts. And so to have this as your foundation, as you're developing your identity, it makes sense that as you're moving along as a grown-up, that it feels like you're going against your biology, that it just feels wrong to do some of this work. So I hope you can give yourself that compassion that I was talking about earlier, because I just really hope that you can give yourself the space. And I don't always like the word grace, but for some reason, it seems like it fits here. But the space and the grace that you need to take your time to figure out what is your next best step, because the false truth that you have, they're such a big part of your foundation to how you experience your body. It's going to take a lot of dismantling. So knowing that this is your foundation, you ask the question, how do you stop desiring weight loss? How do you stop wanting to be smaller when it's been a part of your life for so long? Hearing this question in your note, like really letting that sink in, you know what it connected me to? I kind of was picturing you as a child going upstairs with your food, maybe you tucked it under under your shirt or somehow tucked it somewhere where your parents couldn't see it to go and satisfy yourself with food. When you would go in your bedroom in the middle of the night and eat, it just feels the same that you're trying to convince yourself that I don't need this food, but then in the middle of the night, you would get it. I kind of am seeing this desire to lose weight in a similar way. And I bring that up because what you needed when you were sneaking in the middle of the night, sneaking that food, what you really needed was permission. You needed permission to eat. You needed permission to meet your needs. You needed permission for pleasure and satisfaction. And you needed permission to take up the space that your body wanted to take up. You needed unconditional permission to take up the space that your body was going to take up. And I think that's what you need now too. I hope that my words can give you permission and I appreciate that they may not. And you know, that's okay. But I hope that you can find a way, either working with a therapist or a dietitian who does similar work, to have permission to want to be smaller. Now, I know that sounds really crazy coming from me. I definitely am am an anti-diet dietitian. I think diets don't work for most people. And I think that your body should take up as much space as that it wants and needs to. I still believe in that. But I also can say that I can appreciate why you want to be smaller, why that desire is there. And I think denying it is leading to almost like a sneaking to desire it. And one thing I know is that the more that we hide and have shame with our desire, the bigger it gets, the more it's going to grow. And here's the other thing. Of course you want to be smaller. Your parents taught you that there were conditions to your acceptance. Our world has taught all of that us that we need to be so scared of getting fat because we are not going to get jobs. We're not going to get into colleges. We aren't going to be able to go in the military. There are things that we're not allowed to do. 
we're not going to find places to sit that accommodate our body. And, you know, that fat phobia, that fear of allowing our bodies to take up the space it needs, it's pervasive. I hate that it's in my brain too. And it makes sense that you just want to be accepted. You just want to be able to go wherever you want to go or need to go and have a place where you will be accommodated. You want to have a place where you can go and expect dignified, comprehensive care or just like human interaction and not to be treated like your body is not acceptable and that your body, because it's too large, has this meaning that it carries with it because of our fat phobia. I know that the way people connect with larger bodies can mean very horrible stereotypical things like laziness, gluttony, um, that they just don't have control over their life or that these choices that were made um, to be lazy instead of taking care of oneself. Oh my gosh, saying all those things, it makes my heart break. And um, I hope you know that I don't actually believe, I know they're, they're the tapes in my head because I live in this world, but they aren't things that I believe because they're wrong. They aren't actually correct. And for you, letter writer, and anyone who can relate to this desire to wanting to lose weight, but so not wanting to want this anymore, I hope you can appreciate why you want it. And it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make what you're doing is wrong. You just want to be considered acceptable. Like, why is that a bad thing? You just want to walk this earth and be respected. I feel like that's our human right. So for other people who I've talked to in real life who have a similar experience, that they're in that same place feeling stuck because they don't want a desire to be smaller anymore, yet they're still desiring it. What I encourage them to think about and what I encourage you is what are you needing in that moment? What is your body and your mind nudging you towards? What is it telling you? And again, I have a feeling when you peel it back, it's going to be rooted in things like acceptance, permission. And I wonder how there's ways you can get that. I studied under Barbara Bersinger. She's a dietitian and also has a doctorate in theology. And she has this decoding method that I find just fascinating. And, you know, when you're finding your brain in that place of desiring weight loss, what Dr. Bersinger has taught me is to pause and consider what was just going on and to really connect with what you need. And if what you need is acceptance or permission, I would encourage you to connect with ways that you've gotten that in the past. Something you bring up in your letter that is quite literal for like this experience of the desire to lose weight to be accepted. You mentioned that you worked with a counselor and a dietitian, and you also were in a intuitive eating group and that you loved it. And it sounds like it was giving you something that you haven't gotten before. I often think about as a dietitian that's in a triad kind of relationship with a client and their therapists that it's almost like parenting in a way. And I wonder if your dietitian and your therapist were able to provide you what your parents couldn't because of their own fat phobia. I know they were doing the best they could. They probably did it because they cared so much, but it just doesn't get away from the 
the intent was kind, but the impact was really not. And I wonder if the dietitian and therapist were helping to model the things that they weren't able to model. And then you were getting the support that you needed from that intuitive eating group. Now, I don't know where you are now or what your access to um, care, like um, you know, working with a therapist or a dietitian or a group, whether you have access to that right now, but I would encourage you to find a way back to that if you can. If you don't have any resources near you, for you letter writer, anyone listening, there are a few places that I would recommend. And these are dietitians who are friends of the podcast. They've all been on and they have their own online support that you may find to be helpful. I know it doesn't replace like meeting with people in the flesh, but it may be something that helps you to feel reconnected and accepted. So one I would recommend is Christy Harrison. You know, she's the person behind the Food Psych podcast, but she has an intuitive eating fundamentals course that is outstanding, especially because of the support that's involved with it. Erica Leon and Paige Smathers are two other people that have them as well. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put some links in the show notes to resources from these three people, and hopefully they help you, letter writer, or anyone who can relate with, with this process. One last thing that you mentioned, letter writer, you mentioned the times where you are connecting with hunger and fullness, and you said that you were eating along with hunger, and then you were noticing that you were starting to feel satisfied, starting to feel full, and you really didn't want to eat anymore, yet there was that side, that rebellion that was really connecting with continuing to eat, and it wasn't feeling physically well, emotionally it wasn't meeting your needs. But that was a cycle that you found yourself in. Now, this is something else that we often see in intuitive eating work. And there can be many different reasons. But one of the themes that I think is happening often is the trauma that dieting with or without eating disorders, especially when it was done at an early age, like your letter writer, eight years old, when your body image was just starting to form and you were told you had to deny some basic needs, like holding your breath. Um, you know, as ridiculous as that sounds, like you can't breathe. Well, food is another basic need. And that was a, a massive violation. That was violent to you and taking care of yourself. It was denying basic needs that led to a trauma. That was a really big trauma that you experienced. And it happened over and over and over again. We make at least 200 food decisions a day. And to think about how you were constantly being re-traumatized every time you thought about eating food, whether or not your parents were around, but that fear, that doubt, that shame, that should I eat this, should I not, that constant trauma. So when you're deciding whether or not you want to continue to eat, and physiologically you're connecting with I think I've had enough. This is satisfying. But yet you find yourself still rebelling. I hope you can connect that that's the trauma. And this is where a really skilled trauma-based counselor can be amazing. You need to be able to find a counselor who is skilled in trauma and also is weight-inclusive. You know, they have to be able to name that that's a trauma. But I have worked with people who've been able to identify that and do things like EMDR or AIT and to do the trauma work with 
what's stored in your body around food. And along with that, what needs to happen is the permission to meet your needs. You know, when you're rebelling, it's important to honor that rebelling. It's a really big part of the food peace journey and the method that I do with clients um, is rebelling is something that needs to be honored because it's how you took care of yourself. And I appreciate that what you were saying in the last part of your note is that that rebelling has kind of become this artifact in a way. It's not always useful. And that's where the trauma work can come in. But as you're doing that, remember shame only feeds that need to rebel. And so that's why you need to kind of have that constant theme still of permission. Doing the trauma work along with continued practice of unconditional permission to eat will help your eating to be more aligned with what you want it to be, to be nourishing and pleasurable and with unconditional permission to eat. All right. So letter writer, I see food has written back, but before we get to food's letter, this episode of a love food podcast was brought to you by my PCOS and food peace courses. You can get to all the information at PCOSandfoodpeace.com. Also, be sure to check out Ilya Parker's work at decolonizingfitness.com. If you enjoyed this episode of the Love Food Podcast, I would love it if you could leave a rating, review, subscribed, or shared an episode. Doing any of these acts of kindness really helps the show grow, and I thank you in advance. All right, food has written back. So until next time, take care. Dear Stuck in the Cycle, As we've been making amends, it is important to remember the lies that built our foundation. Conditions, limits, doubt, and shame make up our developing relationship. Through reflection, therapy, connection, and support, you've been able to redefine how we work together. We hope you can find tools to do that again. You deserve compassionate means to be on this earth. As you desire thinness, pause before the shame cycle heightens. Remember, you are a human craving acceptance and dignity. Keep fighting for it and acknowledge it is your human right. Love food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care.